Well, hey, everybody. Hope you're all doing well on this lovely Wednesday morning. I have to remind myself it's actually Wednesday today and not Sunday. I don't know if you get confused around Christmas and coming to church on a day that's not a Sunday. Like, who does that? So what I want you to think about for a moment is why did you come today? Cool. Anybody else want to tell us why they came? Because it's Christmas? Because you want to play the bass with Andy? Good reason? Uh, I don't know if that's actually true. <laughs> Sorry, Nate just said because there's morning tea afterwards. I don't actually think there is morning tea afterwards. You might be able to get a coffee. <laughs> What isn't you? Why don't you talk? Turn to the person next to you and just tell them why did you come today? <laughs> um, every Christmas Eve, I go down to my mum and dad's house um, with and my brother and his wife and my other brother and his girlfriend and my sister and the kids. We all come to mum and dad's and we spend some time together on Christmas Eve. And one of the traditions that my mum has is to tell the Christmas story using chocolates. Um, I'm not going to do that today, but if you haven't heard it before, like maybe I'll do that next year. But you use, it's like Mary and Joseph went on the rocky road to Bethlehem. You know, in the, um, the, the, um, the wise, the, you know, the smarties, also known as wise men, that kind of, yeah. Um, Herod was up to his old twicks. Um, the wise men ba- bought a bounty. Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, there's, a whole, there's a whole big thing that you do. And so um, this year we did the, Chris- the chocolate Christmas story again. But the time we were together before Christmas for someone's birthday, mum's like, oh, I don't know if I should do the Christmas chocolate story again. And some of us went, yeah, let's skip it, like, (laughs) let's skip it. Not pointing at anybody in particular. Um, But my brother's girlfriend, who um, has rarely heard the Christmas story because she hasn't actually grown up in church and isn't a Christian, was like, no, no, I loved, that was the first time I've ever heard it. Like, I want to hear the Christmas chocolate story again. Um, So we did it this year. But mum thought she would change it on us because normally she just reads it and we like hold up the chocolate that's related to the word. And this time mum's like, we've done this so often, you guys can all do it yourself. And so she numbered all the chocolates to know what order we were meant to go in. And then um, she started with Mary and Joseph went on the rocky road and held up the rocky road to Bethlehem. Um, And she had number two as well. Unfortunately, somebody in this room had number three, not looking at anybody, who changed it and didn't actually do the next story because he had, oh, because um, the shepherds were kind of surprised, kind of surprised. And so Matt made up some other thing that really wasn't that related. So that turned out to be what everybody else did. We just made up our own sort of story. And our four-year-old nephew was running around, who was the youngest. Like those are my four-year-old and then Daniel and Catherine. 
terms of ages, the four-year-old was running around and trying to whisper to people the right way of doing it because he knows the Christmas story really well already as a four-year-old. So what we're going to do is I want to pick three people who's going to come up here and they're going to tell us the biblical Christmas story and let's see if we can do it as biblically as we can from our memories and not just make up things. So I'm not choosing Matt. Okay, Beck, come on down. Who else, who else thinks that they know it and wants to come and join Beck? Come on, Jono. Ah. Oh, sorry. Hello, everybody. This is this is Jono without a beard. Okay, Melinda. Yeah, you know it. Come on. Go, Melinda. Oh, Julie. Oh. Okay, Julie, you have to come up. Julie. Okay, Julie, I'll, I'll let you start. So do you want to come and stand next to Beck? I'm going to hand you the mic and you can tell us the first part and then hand it to Beck. Um, where, do, where do we start? Which okay, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll start because who wants, we don't want to go from the very beginning. So... There's this girl called Mary, and she was engaged to a guy called Joseph. And one day, she's minding her own business when an angel appears to her. And the angel says, don't be afraid. You've been blessed. You can have a baby. And she's like, how can I have a baby? That doesn't actually work. God's going to actually give you a baby, and you're going to call him Jesus. Then one of the... Kings or one of the people, I'm not sure of his name, said that everybody had to go to Bethlehem to be counted, like a census. Was he? Was it Herod? Yeah. Oh, Caesar. Who said Caesar? Herod. And um, so they had to go on a journey. And um, it was close to when the baby was going to be born. And, um, yeah, it was a hard trip for them. So I'll just add that we, like Joseph, finds out that Mary's pregnant and goes, hang on, I'm going to have to break this off quietly, but I can't marry you anymore. And then an angel appears to Joseph and says, no, 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 it's all good. You should marry, 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 marry. Anyway, and so he does, which is a huge thing if you think about it. We're in Bethlehem. Yeah. Uh, so they arrived in Bethlehem and uh, they were looking for a, a place to stay, but everywhere was full because everybody was there. Um, they came to this one place and they said that they could um, go to the um, stable. And um, then it came to the time where Mary gave birth to Jesus in the stable and then angels appeared to some shepherds in the fields looking after their sheep. And the angels said to go to um, into Bethlehem and worship Jesus. Awesome. So two years later, after Jesus was born, the family moved back. 
No, no, I haven't. So two years later, after Jesus was born and he was a little two-year-old toddler, him and the fam, they moved back to Nazareth because they only went to Bethlehem for the census. So a bunch of wise men, over, or wise people over in the east, they saw a bright light up in the sky and saw it as a sign of something significant happening. And so they followed this sign all the way to Nazareth where they found Mary, Joseph and two-year-old Jesus. They gave him gifts. Gifts of gold fit for a king, frankincense, a spice used for worship, and myrrh, an embalming fluid. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you want to just jump back to Herod? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, while they were on their way to Nazareth, they stopped through in Jerusalem to meet with Herod, the puppet under the Roman rule of the time. And so uh, when they came, uh, they'd, uh, they thought that Herod would be aware of such a significant event happening in his own kingdom. And so they asked him, hey man, do you know what's going on? We saw this massive light and we followed it all the way to Judea. He had no idea, but some of his religious scholars, they uh, looked back at the old prophecies and they saw that it had been prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Jerusalem, no, Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, that place. So... Yeah, Herod was really scared of this, so he decided to kill all of the two-year-olds and under in the surrounding area. So the wise men, they had a dream, and they decided to not go back to Herod, but to go back home. Mary and Joseph had a dream as well, and they decided to flee to Egypt, where Jesus spent his formative years of his childhood. (laughs) Give them a round of applause. Well done, guys. I wonder how many of you didn't put your hand up because you go, oh, do I, how well do I know this story? But how many times, how many times, like, there's some of us that this may be the first or second time we've heard the story before. And let me just say, that's probably not the best way to hear the story, really. Like, they did a great job, but if you really want to know what happens, it's better to actually read it in Matthew and in Luke, because Matthew and Luke gives you a really good, detailed version of what actually happens. Um, but for most of us, we go, yeah, 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 I know, wise men, shepherds, Jesus born in a manger. Some people like me are really caught up on the fact that the wise men did not come to the stable but were two years later. Um, and others are like, why do you care? Or don't even know that that's the, fa- the case. But the fact is, when Jesus was born, it was actually really significant. And when Jesus was born, even back then, it was significant. So if you take away the fact that we know how significant it was, back then there were people that knew it was significant. Think about Mary and Joseph. Mary had a major, major miracle. Not only did an angel appear to her, but she was born by a miracle. I mean, she was pregnant by a miracle. Joseph, if Joseph ever doubted, should I marry Mary? All he had to do was to remember that an angel actually came and told him to. How cool would that be? (laughs) Oh, who should I marry? Oh, well, the angel told me I've got like 
Certain. Even the innkeeper that gave a place for Jesus to be born. Let alone the shepherds who had angels in the sky. They're just doing the same thing they'd done night after night after night after night. And all of a sudden, they don't just see one angel, they see a multitude singing and saying, hey, you've got to go. You've got to go and see what's happened. And the wise men are minding their own business, looking at the stars like they've done multiple, multiple times before. And all of a sudden, they notice something different. And all their life and all their knowledge led them to know that it was significant. So significant that they left what they were doing and followed it to find out who this king was and where the king was. And when we get to 2,000 years later, it should actually be more significant today for us than it was for the shepherds and for the wise men and even for Mary and Joseph. Because they didn't know what we know. And we know how Jesus lived his life. And we know how Jesus died. And we know how he rose again. And we know how the Holy Spirit came. And all of that is all because of a birth of a baby. But what I want us to do really briefly is to have a look at why the shepherds came to Jesus and why the wise men came to Jesus. Because if these are the reasons that they came, how much more reason should we come to him? So in Luke chapter 2, it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So why did the shepherds go? Not only because the angels told them what had happened, but because they wanted to see for themselves. They wanted to see everything that the angels had told them to see that it actually happened. Does anybody have a Bible that they can read Matthew, or not Matthew, Luke 2? Verse 16 for me. Cool, thanks, Melissa. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Cool. So the shepherds hear from the angels. Then they go, you know what? Let's go check this out ourselves. Let's go and see what the angels have told us to do. And then once they've seen, once they knew... Do you know what they did? 
they started telling everybody else. Shouldn't we be like that when it comes to Jesus? Shouldn't there be a like? Shouldn't there be such a desire for us to go? I know this is true. I've seen it for myself, and once I've seen it for myself and know it's for true, how can I not want to tell everybody else what I've seen and what I know and what I've heard? You know what? Sometimes we think that needing to see stuff for ourselves means that we don't have faith. We've got to just believe. But that is really unbiblical. There is, like God actually, Jesus makes it really clear and God makes it really clear that asking questions, wanting to know for yourself is actually good and fine. Because once you know for yourself, how much more confident are you to actually step into the things of yourself, to step into the things of God and to tell other people? So isn't it much better to be like a shepherd and say, hey, we've heard these things. Let's not just hear them and then do nothing about it. We've, he- we've heard people tell us that God is like this. We've heard people tell us that Jesus is like this. I don't know if it's true. I've been told it. Let me go and see the things that have happened which the Lord's told us about. Let's go check it out. And then once you've checked it out, and once you know for yourself, how can you not want to tell people that Jesus is real, this is who he is, this is what's happened, and I actually know that for myself. I don't know because someone else has told me. I don't know because I've heard this Christmas story year after year after year, and I can repeat it verbatim, but I actually don't know if it's really true. I know for myself that Jesus is real. I know for myself that he actually makes a difference. And because of that, we can confidently step in, we can confidently share with other people the amazement that we know. And you know what the sad thing is? For some of us, we're no longer amazed. For some of us, we've heard it so often and we even see it in our lives sometimes so often that we just go, yep, of course. Yep, Jesus loves me, cool. There are people that do not know how much God loves them. And when they know that, it is radical and life-changing. And it was for us, and it should still be for us. But when we become so familiar, we go, yep, Christmas. You know, my um, brother this, last night said, oh, wouldn't it be great to go to church on Christmas morning and not hear about the Christmas biblical story. Be nice just to hear a story, you know, to hear a message about Jesus and the Bible. But why does every Christmas it have to be about this particular story? And part of me goes, yeah, that's true. Why don't we tell this story in July, in August, in November, in March? Because there is so much in actually Jesus coming to Earth that we shouldn't become flippant with. We shouldn't become familiar with. It should amaze us and amaze us more than it even did the shepherds because we know the rest of the story. We don't just know that a baby was born, how amazing. 
We know the life that he lived. We know the death that he had. We know the Holy Spirit that he sent. And that itself makes this event even more amazing than it even is when the shepherds themselves heard about it. The wise men. This is in Matthew. Matthew 2, 1 to 2 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judah, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Of all the characters in the Christmas story, big fan of the wise men. Partly because, as I said... It wasn't until I was about 15 that I read for myself that the wise, or the Magi came to a house and didn't realise that they weren't there the night that Jesus was born. And that really annoyed me that I didn't know that. Um, but also because of this statement. Think about it for a minute. You have people who are not Jews themselves, who are looking and see a star... That star tells them, because of all the study they've done beforehand, that this isn't significant, that this means the king of the Jews had been born. And they choose to take a very long journey to come and do one thing. Worship him. He's done nothing for them. He's done nothing. They don't even know what he looks like. They don't even know where he is. They go to the wrong place. They go to King Herod thinking King Herod would know. A king should know a king. And they make a statement right from the very first time that they ever speak about what their intention is. And their intention is to worship this king. How much more should we have an attitude of worship every time that we come to Jesus? Not just every time we come to Jesus, but our whole life should be one of worship. Because we know what the Magi didn't know. We know the life that Jesus lived. We know the death that he had. We know the Holy Spirit that he sent. And more than that, we know what he's done for you. You know, I know what he's done for me. And we hear week after week what he's done for people. And so how much more... Should we say, Jesus, you are so worthy of worship? Could we have more reason to worship him than the Magi did? But so often, the familiar gets in the way of our worship. And because worship is not songs, I'm not saying that they didn't come. There's no record in the Bible that the Magi came to sing songs to Jesus. They could have. We don't know that they didn't. But worship is not about singing songs. It's about giving worth to the one that owes it. It's about saying, you are worthy of it all. I'm not worthy. I'm so grateful that I even get to be in your presence. And that is not a Sunday thing. That's not a Wednesday, Christmas Day thing. That's a lifetime thing. That's saying, 
Every moment, Jesus, you are so worthy of worship. You are so worthy of all that I can give you and so much more that how can I not give you all that I have? But we become so familiar with it that we forget to even praise God sometimes. We forget to even thank him for the things that he's done. The wise men, as I said, they were not Jews. They'd come to see the king of the Jews that was not their king because they knew who God said he was. They'd done their research, they'd done their study, and so as soon as they saw that star, they knew what was going on. And so if the wise men, the magi, if their attitude is we have come to worship, how much more should our attitude be? Jesus, I want to worship you. That's what I love about the Christmas story. There's lots of things I love about this story. But I love the fact that we see people who thousands of years ago got who Jesus was, responded in a way that gives us an understanding of how we should respond, and they didn't even know what was to come. I used to think it'd be fantastic to be alive when Jesus was alive. I remember in my teenage years thinking, oh, God, it'd be so great if I actually saw you feed 5,000 people with like a little fish and a little bit of bread. I think it'd be fantastic if I was at the wedding and you turned water into wine. Like I think that'd be brilliant if I actually got to hear you speak. And then I realised that I was putting myself on a pedestal that I don't think I deserve. Because there were so many people that heard Jesus but didn't get who he was. So the advantage that we have is that we know the end from the beginning. We get to hear and see it all and we've got the Holy Spirit within us and the Holy Spirit drawing people to himself. And so that way it's a whole lot easier for us to know that Jesus is worthy of worship. It should be so much more easier for us to go, yeah, I know what God has done. I know it for myself and so I want to tell other people. Because back here, they had no Holy Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit was everywhere, but he wasn't actually, he didn't develop during. He wasn't in everybody like he's now. Anyhow, that's a whole different topic. That Anyway, um, but yeah, we should be people who worship God much more than the wise men did and who know what God has done for us and are so amazed in what he has done that we want to let other people know. And so that's my prayer for this year. That's my prayer for every day, that each one of us will worship Jesus for who he is because he's so worthy of it all and that we'll be people who know that for ourselves, not know it because we've heard it heaps of times, not know it because someone else tells us that I guess they could be right, but know it for yourself so that when you tell other people, it actually comes from a place of amazement and wonder for all that God's done. Let me pray. Hey, God, I do want to thank you that you sent Jesus. And you sent Jesus so that we can know you and you sent him so that you can know us. And so I want to thank you, God. And I pray, Lord, for each one of us, God, that we will know for ourselves the things that you say are true. 
that it won't just be because we've been told them or because we read them, but it will be because we know who you are and we know what you've done in our lives, God. And that will bring us to awe and wonder and a desire and an ability not to be able to stop talking about all that you've done. And I pray, God, that we will be like the wise men and that we will be able to say that we have come to worship you. We haven't come because of what you give us. We haven't come because um, to hope that we can twist your arm. We've come before you to say you are worthy and we are not. And we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful that you allowed us to know you. We're so grateful that you give us life and life in abundance. Amen. Thank you.